Have you reached a point now where you've got a much clearer idea of what you do, how you do it, who you're doing it for, that you're comfortable enough to do this? Is it, has it been like a kind of progressive growth? It has been. You know, it's been, again, you do, you do a lot of soul searching in this whole sort of thing. I mean, it takes guts, basically. <laughs> because who knows? Like, if we have this interview in a week's time and there's no market there, that's a problem. <laughs> we have completely changed but, what we are doing. Yeah, I know. Now we're doing insurance. <laughs> <laughs> we spotted a big gap in the you market. I mean? <laughs> but, uh, but, but I don't believe that that's the case. Mark Twain once said, Thunder is good. Thunder is impressive, but it is lightning that does the work. And I couldn't agree with him more. You see, if you've been following the show, you'd have noticed by now me alluding to a big market-making initiative that my company, Digital Kung Fu, is going to be taking to market. Well, I'm happy to let you know that today, that day, is finally here. We have launched the Digital Kung Fu Lightning Strike. So what is it? It's a lead generation system built specifically for technology businesses to really help them generate leads and maximize their market share. Now, the backstory here is that this system has been in development by my ninjas here at Digital Kung Fu (laughs) uh, for the past year or so. And we've been working with tech clients across South Africa and also in the United States, kind of building this system and testing it and making sure that it works. And so um, what I'm going to do is because this campaign is currently live right now, Um, And I'm all about showing and uh, not just talking about things, actually demonstrating results. So I want to share with you guys just some of the data that has come in to the studio in the last 24 hours. And to do that, I'm going to hand over to Caleb, our data and analytics ninja at Digital Kung Fu. Our lightning strike basically system, uh, which is very media driven, has been featured in 12 different media publications across social media, which has resulted in an increase of our own website traffic by up to a thousand percent with visitors from 18 countries around the world, um, with average sessions at least um, exceeding eight minutes or more. Um, So we're doing really, really well on our website itself. What other data do you want to share? Um, Okay, so some of our goal conversions, we've got a goal conversion uh, which is our lead conversion at 10%. Um, currently, our bounce rate, which is people not exiting our website and rather staying on it, um, is at 17%. So that's very, very low for our website. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been getting more direct website uh, sources, so people are actually searching for us and actually going to our website. So this is basically the good news there is that we're not paying for that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, otherwise, it's we've got a lot of people who are referring uh, to our website, a lot of people who are searching for similar services to us, um, and we are being recommended. Um, so it's going really, really good so far. Thanks, Caleb. So as you can imagine, this is a bit of a special show. Um, and so as part of the launch of the Lightning Strike by Digital Kung Fu, I reached out to Nadine Todd, the editor of Entrepreneur Magazine, to host this very special edition of the Matt Brown Show, where she grills me about the inner workings of the lightning strike and how agile marketing, storytelling, and branded content are combining to create new competitive advantages for businesses of all size. If you'd like more information about the lightning strike, you can go to digitalkungfu.co.za. And if you go there now, you can grab our Inside B2B Lead Generation 2019 white paper and interactive webinar, which reveals three proven lead generation magnets that are crushing it for technology businesses all over the world. So let's get on with the show. Yeah. Matt, thank you for having me on the Matt Brown Show again. 
Nadine, always a pleasure. Thank you for uh, for being here. Absolutely. Uh, this one's a little bit more nerve-wracking because we're live. Last time, I think I got to redo my intro three or four times. Yeah, that was for the 100th episode. Yeah. Where are we at now? 150-something. Wow. Yeah. Wasn't that long ago? You've been busy. Yeah. Well, my team's been busy. Good. Keep them busy. I know. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, busy people. Couldn't do it without you. So um, today we're here, obviously, because there's a lot that's been happening with digital kung fu. And I know that everywhere I've been looking the whole day, there's lots of collateral out in the markets. And it's all about bringing the thunder and unleashing the lightning. So we're going to be talking a lot about that today. But I think just tell me a little bit about the shift that's happened and, and what lightning strike is all about and, okay. and why we're here today. Great question. Love where your head's at. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So basically... Um, we were positioned as a storytelling production business where we would essentially work with any brand um, to help them tell the story about their brand, their talents, and then all their products and services. And then uh, over a period of about a year, we built a lot of IP that was in the story space. And then at the end of the year, we looked at our sales and our client portfolio, and we looked at well, what proportion of our client base um, fall into various sectors. And surprisingly to us, like 90% of our clients were technology businesses. And so we were like, well, why is that? Um, and then after some kind of reflection and just working with the team and interviewing some of our current clients, um, we, we identified that we're just built for tech. It was just a weird sudden realization. It's like that old saying, you know, when, when you can't actually read the label when you're stuck inside the bottle, you're just so in it every day and you, you almost need to step out of your business to see, well, what do, what do we need to work on in order to help scale happen? And so um, that was really the technology space. And then it didn't take long, probably about two weeks. Uh, I had to turn away some business. I uh, definitely want to chat a <clears throat> bit more about that. Yeah, yeah please. Yeah. Let's happy to do that. I'm very open, as my listeners will know, um, or my viewers now. And um, anyway, so, uh, but basically, yeah, we, we were just built for tech. And then, uh, yeah, we worked for just first distribution, which is Africa's largest distributor of cloud, but then they distribute AWS and whatever. And the more we kind of got exposed to this whole, you know, software vendor, distributor, reseller slash partner model and the size of that market, we then said to ourselves, well, who's playing in that space? And um, in what context are they playing? And so we just we just identified a massively underserved market. I mean, it's it's ridiculously big, and it's massively underserved. And so for us, it was just a case of saying, "Well, right, this is the market we're going to go after." And then the lightning strike is the yeah, that's because you yeah. haven't just gone after that market. You've come at it with a very <clears throat> specific value proposition. Right? Yeah, exactly. Which is a sales one, I suppose. Um, but it's basically lightning strike is a lead generation thing, but it's not just. Because there's, there's other lead generator generating companies, but they really suck at story or they can't deliver leads. And this is why, I mean, I spoke to um, a, a big distributor here. They've got a reseller network of like 4,000. Okay? Mm. Just cloud, just cloud. That's not even including anything else that falls into the IT services software space. And, um, and uh, I was talking to the head of marketing. And she said that she's fired five agencies in one year because agencies specifically, because they can't, one, deliver qualified leads, or two, they just don't understand tech. And this is the problem with um, the agency space is that when you all things to everybody, you become invisible. And so it's like, well, I'm, I'm going to work with a car brand. In fact, a car brand guy phoned us this morning and I said to him, no, sorry, you, you know, here's… You are actively turning business away. Yeah, because it's not who we serve. That's mm -hmm. not our market. And so, you know, Rich Mulholland told me, 
year, like like years ago, he said to me, you know, you define your business by what you say no to, what you say yes to. And so that, that kind of always is in my head and what have you. And it's not easy, you know, it's not easy to turn away a business because you do need to kind of keep the lights on. It's kind of the anti-entrepreneurial thing, right? In a lot of ways. It's not how you scale. We know that to scale, you need to start becoming very focused on what you say no to Mm. versus what you say yes to. But I mean, if I think about Matt Brown a year ago, you would say yes to anything. Anything comes along, you're like, we can do that. Hand up. Yes. We'll figure it out. I'll find someone. And we did that for a year. So you've got to kind of re-engineer your DNA to Mm. be able to start saying no. How painful was it to say no to a high six-figure deal the uh-huh. week you decide to yeah, become it was, the tech? Yeah, it sucked, basically. You did know? you think twice about it? Yeah, I did because you know peop- this business is resource-intensive. It needs mm-hmm. capital and it needs people in order to grow. So to turn it away is kind of like, well, but we. But I'm looking back at that now, I don't regret it for a second for the simple reason is that turning away that high six-figure deal – would have fucked us up internally. Mm. Like we would have just been so all into that. Cause I mean, like we're still a small team, you know, we yeah. don't have 200, we're not creative council yet. But, um, for, but my point being is that, you know, it would have literally, it's opportunity cost. You know, yeah. we, we literally today, hence why we're doing this whole show. Thanks again. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, uh, it, we launched today. This is our land grab. This is what I've been alluding to on previous episodes and not giving it away, but today everybody knows. Yeah. Um, and so we would never have been able to do it today. It would have been something that may have happened in, in, yeah, so in your, April. You your, know? your choice would have been, okay, we can do this now. We get this big deal in. Um, but then at what point does that stop? Because another big deal comes in, right? And then another one. And at some point, you, you're kind of not doing where you want your focus to lie. That's it. And that's the thing because, again, it's like when big biz, when like we've got a massive campaign going out for, I can't tell you who, but it's coming up soon. Like it's now. Where we, we are. Yeah. It's, um, but it's, but it's like, you know, it's, you're talking probably 200 creative executions. Like you got to move through that stuff. And even though, this team is in beast mode at the moment. It's it's also t- it affects your staff and there's motivation and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's fun, you know. I'm not speaking for them now, but I'm sure maybe you can jump in here, right? But um, but they love working on this brand. Digital Kung Fu mm. is a fun brand. There's ninja, there's ninjas everywhere and rocket ships and like these so funny radio ads. Talk to me a little bit about that as well, because when we chatted 56 podcasts ago, when we were doing the hundredth episode, the focus was becoming very much on Matt Brown Media, Matt Brown Show. Mm. That's shifted. Matt Brown Show is still obviously strong, getting stronger, but the focus is back on the brand Digital Kung Fu. So why has that been important and where has that focus come from? Is there a mic there for you? Okay, Mav needs to answer this question. Okay. Um, So I was working with Matt uh, like seven months ago and we were in a broom closet and I came to him and I said, Digital Kung Fu sounds like a fun brand. What happened? And he told me, you know, it's a legacy brand and he was, you know, motivating people and I told him, why don't we make this an agency? And from then, Matt has just grown this brand massively. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there. I know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely experience. You sometimes get stuck, don't you? Well, if you're like me, being stuck sucks. But what if you could access the minds of over 850 CEOs who have built companies generating billions of dollars in revenue and access all of that knowledge in a fraction of a second? Well, the good news is you can literally do that today. What my team have built is Matt Brown AI. It is trained on all the interviews, over 850 of them that I've done to date, all my books, 
books, all the knowledge capital that has been generated over the last 10 years right here on the Matt Brown Show. And you can get access to all of that right now for free. So how do you get access to this? Well, head on over to mattbrownshow.com and at the top you'll see community. Hit that link, sign up, it's absolutely free and you'll be given instant access to Matt Brown AI and a community of over 100,000 subscribers. Yeah. So, so it was actually his fault <laughs> <laughs> because I, I killed it because I, I remember that, you know, when when we first met, when, when it was like three, four years ago, and it was an innovation consultancy, remember? And no, then, that's it. I mean, you're, that's why I say the quintessential entrepreneur. You put mm. your hand up for everything. Mm. I'll do this. I'll do that. And, and I've, I've interviewed also over 400 entrepreneurs. It's, it's, it's common. But the guys that really grow and scale are the ones that learn to stop doing that, mm-hmm. which not everyone does manage to do. No. So obviously that's part of your – your path now, but also that kind of finding that that has to happen through digital kung fu. Mm. Is that just the fun element, not Matt Brown media, because that's not kind of where an agency can go where it can own kind of assets like the lightning strike. Does that have to be more, yep. you know, broader? Is it from a, from a growth perspective? Yeah, so Matt Brown Media One has my name in it, and I had countless conversations with entrepreneurs and men, people who've mentored me, and I was like, "Do what I do? You know, do, do I stick with this thing?" And they were like, "Well, it's got your name in it." So and that was said, a good thing. In terms well, of it was, but it's, but again, yeah, it was in a podcast space where you're the talent, fantastic Matt Brown show, mm-hmm. but when it's the digital kung fu show, different story. And the same sort of principle applies to Matt Brown Media and, and literally digital kung fu because which which is the more compelling story to tell? Something with your name in it, which is kind of like, okay, well, you know, it. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't actually creatively have the answer for that. And I don't think any of this team would either. It would be quite limiting because mm. it's Matt Brown media, not digital. Company, and then what you know? happens with the growth beyond you as well when you're no longer there? Yeah, well, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, digital kung fu, the Matt Brown show is never going to be for sale ever. No, 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 100%. Know? But, I mean, but, you, you need to build a brand that can stand on its own two legs. That's, that's scale, right? Is, yeah. I mean, that's what scale But is. also for what we do… In today's fast-paced world of technology, it's not enough to grow. You need to grow your business quickly. When speed is the new currency of marketing for technology businesses, you need to get to market in days, not months. Seven days. That's all it takes to get our tech clients from initial engagement to market. It is time to stop reacting and start dictating with the lightning strike from Digital Kung Fu. It's time to tell your story. So going back a year when we were in that broom cupboard, as Mav describes it, but um, it's like we just we started like, out in a fishbowl. It's all good. And then, but a year before that, we were trying to build a podcast only business, and the market wasn't liquid enough. Like you can have the most innovative offering and value prop in the market, but if the market's not prepared to pay for it, you've got a big problem. You fucked. <laughs> so and all the education in the world went. Yeah, and we, I did that. We did all the research stuff that we did, and blah blah blah. And that was like you know you could talk. I spoke to Investec. I spoke to um, Liberty. Well, Liberty actually did some work internally um and but it wasn't like you know you can't like it was like fucking all mm. where the hell like i could look at this cool new thing shiny new media i don't know not interested they just want to play with where they know so as soon as when when i got hot full of that whole story or sick and tired of it i was like right then we do everything 
we do we do video we do we just literally do everything mm. and then and we had to do that because we needed to to unlock capital and kind of have give ourselves some runway in order to build the ip yeah 100% you need you yeah. need a team and you need to be able to pay that team right but now it's like you know yeah. it's so talk me a little bit through okay so tech so you you suddenly have all these tech clients and you look at it and you realize okay let's chat to our tech clients why they love us and i think this is going to lead into very much around what you're doing with agile marketing directly then into lightning strikes but why do you think you fit so well with tech companies what makes you different to the five agencies that were fired that we just spoke about a bit earlier well we're not an agency so that's the first thing Mav says you are (laughs) storytelling production house yeah there you go see see. (laughs) but but you have to catch yourself right because but that's a very this is a fantastic opportunity to to delineate why it's different Mm, see see you can sell a set the similar type of product like there's many like a videographer or an agency can produce videos a social media agency so what makes you different so there's two things one it's the way that you work so your operating system your dna the way that you approach something um, and so that's the thing that you own because everything else you can copy. There's not you can't source, right? You know, yeah. well, but copy because this is about a competitor landscape. So if you think about um, uh, you know agencies, all well, they all do social media, they all do similar things, selling the same things to the same fucking people, right? So you can't differentiate there. You can't. So the only way, the only place that you can, and they can, by the way, they can copy what, if they see all this content going out now, we can get copied. But what they can't copy is the way that we operate. Our fundamental DNA. It's this whole argument for culture and culture Mm -hmm. beats strategy any time, day. And, And, you know, I heard that years ago and I never really got it until now. And so, for instance, we don't take briefs. Like I was in a meeting with another big distributor. I'm seeing everyone at the moment. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, you know, I said, uh, you know, I said, no, we, we, I said, we're not an agency. We don't believe in big bang agency campaigns. It's not for tech anyway. Um, and so, um, you know, we don't take briefs in this marketing brand managers, like her eyebrows literally like hit the top of her head. She'd never heard of a service provider in the business of content saying that they don't take briefs from clients. So why don't you take briefs? What do you do different? I mean, how does that work if you're not taking briefs? Because it's exactly what an agency does. They go and they say, can you send us a brief? But are you not taking briefs to be otherwise and contrary? No. Or because you have a better way? We have a much better way. And which is? For tech. So for instance, let's, so let's talk about agencies and a typical agency. Not all agencies, but most of them. One, you've got to write a brief. The client's got to take the time out of their day to write the brief. Mm. Then they write the brief. It gets to account management or someone in that level. Then they have to read the brief. That brief then gets distilled to the, the head of strategy who then takes two, three weeks to build the strategy if he understands what that brief is. Then they've got to build the presentation, then it goes back to the client. Now you're talking a month in. And then the client's not, for the first, but like, okay, is it, now you're four weeks into this process and you haven't seen anything, nothing. You're a technology business and you're going, uh, uh brew, like my, this market. And what's happening in your market? Yeah, yeah. The market's moving fast. I'm talking about, you know, Microsoft releasing data centers here and I've got 4,000 resellers and slash a dozen distributors all moving the same thing. You can't wait a month. You're mm. dead. And then, by the way, then you've got to go into creative production. Then there's all the reverts there. So you're looking literally 8 to 12 weeks from the moment that you first met with a client. That model sucks for tech businesses. So what do you do? Talk me through one of the clients you had last year. So, okay. So Ford Land in New York, right? So we landed that piece of business. When was that? Six months ago? 
Um, and so, again, same story. Can you help us? Because the, they're a startup, just raised 6.5 million in seed. I think they're raising now a whole bunch more. Um, and so for them, it was like, well, can you help us tell our story? Right? So we, we, we really great at tech, really suck at marketing and storytelling. Okay. And that's, that's the truth. Tech businesses and people are fantastic at talking cloud and integration and server architecture and how to migrate from A to B and what you need to, to create a hybrid Azure cloud solution for your on-premise servers and talked about the commercial asset. That, that's tech. Can I ask but a question? Then, do you understand that stuff? Yeah, I do. I come from that background. Okay, so, so that also helps. Yeah, I worked, in, can... I worked for, as a manager at Accenture in London, all over the world actually, when global, global, globalization was actually a thing. When outsourcing was the first became a thing, you know, we outsourced everything to India and then people realized that that sucked as a customer experience <laughs> and they brought everything back. So, <laughs> so yeah. Okay, so, so you can talk tech yeah, yeah. and so you could, can talk that, story. So that's the thing. And you can bridge it. Well, that's it. So okay. that's, that's the pain that we take away. Also, tech, technology businesses are slammed, dude. They've got like a, you know, 301 projects internally and they're talking about agile sprints and development and stuff like that. So they don't have time. They don't have time. So you go in and you say, okay, I'm not going to take a brief. Mm. I'm going to get a sense of what you do. I'm maybe going to get you to give me some information. And then I'm going to go away, my team and I, and we're going to put together, what, a lightning strike for you. And what is that? It depends. So, okay. But the first step is a 30-minute is a coffee. So it takes us 30 – because we don't want to know. We know what you want. You want to generate leads for your business. That's pretty simple. Okay. That's, that's basically the frame of reference that we work in. Then we say, well, how do we get there? So we know that storytelling works, right? Advertising – won't get you there. It will move the needle somewhat, but it'll give you shitty leads. And that's what agencies generally deliver in the space. So all we want to know is what is the, what is the narrative? What is the story? Okay. Yeah. So we, we have a framework that we work with. It looks at different characters, problems. What are the potential solutions in there? How you position the brand as the, as the guide, not the hero? How do you, the promise of transformation in the context of the product and service? So you arrive with a really cool framework that they can kind of follow as well. Exactly. And then that's all we need. And then we look at identities for execution. So in our space, in our, because again, we don't, so the other thing with agencies is that it's opinion led, It's, it's less data led. And not in all cases, but in a lot of big cases, right? Um, and so for technology, you don't, you can't take that chance, right? You can't wait three months, then spend a million on a campaign and then for that thing not to work and to generate you a hundred shitty leads. That sucks. So, so you have to look at it in two ways. One, it's like, well, what is the story you want to tell? Because in that frame of reference, it's about volume of executions in terms of you that story. You mentioned earlier 200 executions, something like yeah. that. I mean, how are you actually? What does that entail and how quickly are you trying to get those into the market? Because are you talking 200 executions over six months or over two weeks or what's… Three months usually. Yeah. Okay. So it depends. And based why on, that volume? Okay. Because it's about this whole concept of trust is earned in drops and lost in buckets. Okay. So it's about persistent repetition. So what we find is that some technology companies are paying 100,000 Rand for a product video. So what? What can you do with that? It's like, so what? Like, I'm, I'm not going to watch that video more than once, even if you did get my attention. And if, it's okay. an, if that story in that video is not 100% talking to the pain that I feel is in my business, take Azure Cloud or Dynamics 365 or Office Teams or whatever the case is, um, they solve very specific pain points. Some are productivity and efficiency based. Some are collaboration based. Some are data based. Some are sales enablement based, right? So you can't have one size fits all. Okay, so you say you need different content for each one of those touch points. 
Absolutely. Okay. But within that, there's different themes, right? So going back to our world, if we're saying that agencies are slow, which they are, especially for a tech business that moves fast and for a sector, more importantly, that moves even faster, agencies will say, okay, um, they're, they're too slow, right? And our story brand. Now, what we'll say is what's the ident- what's the opportunity for creative execution? So in, in, we actually have this, but it's an, uh, a fake airports board with a whole bunch of fake agency names on it okay. and it'd be like delayed 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 and then digital kung fu's <laughs> departed are you planning to have any other agency guys on your show ever Matt? are yeah. you going to be discussing well, this with happily you know but i respect them but yeah. i don't care about their clients i don't want to work for a bank we don't want to work with banks okay so or very specifically this yeah. doesn't work for tech companies but you believe because of the way you are and how agile you are and the fact that you actually work the same way that tech companies do yes there's a match that's it Ads seem to follow us wherever we go around the internet, and we've grown such a thick skin to advertising noise that we completely ignore these ads without even thinking about it. As a technology business, you need to market your solutions different, not similar. It is time for a new spin on marketing for technology businesses. To maximize market share and get new business quickly, it's time to stop shouting with advertising and start telling your story. With storytelling, you can communicate the true value of what you do and paint a new picture of the possibilities that your technology solutions can unlock for your customers. So why advertise when you have a story to tell? Digital Kung Fu. It's time to tell your story so look we look I, I don't actually care what people think about what i say because i know it to be the truth because my clients tell me that to be true mm-hmm. and also the other thing is i don't view agencies as, com- as competitors i really don't because they don't operate the way that we do they don't promise the same things that we do they can't they, service they can't service market. that same client the okay. same the way that we do so talk me through how what does agile marketing mean because obviously we all know agile scrums and sprints and kanban and 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 what does that mean in the world of marketing and, and your 200 executions yeah. that you need to get exactly. out. Exactly. So great question. So basically that goes to the other stream, right? So you have the story, uh, the story and then the executions that come out of that story. And then on the other side of the coin, you've got well, where does it go and how do you deploy this? Because mm. you can have, I've, I know this just to be the truth, but if you can have the best content in the world, but if no, if your distribution sucks, you don't have any yeah, campaign. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, and even that comes with its challenges. So again, this is about learning and being ad- adapted to your market because it's not about being opinion led, as I said in the beginning, right? So, what an agency will do is they'll go, well, basically based on this insight, we think that this is a really cool creative idea and the clients buy that and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, whatever. But from for our clients, which are who are technology based, they can't afford to have that happen. They can't afford to miss the bullseye. They need to know just that just because of speed. I mean, we're, well, t- we're not talking. No, but it's much more than speed. It's about effectiveness. So if you think about it, you can be the fastest gun in the world, but if you can't shoot straight, <laughs> yeah, you know okay. what I mean. So you have to hit the bullseye. So the way that you make ensure that you do that is by testing. So what agile marketing is a concept that's borrowed from agile software development. Mm-hmm. Very simply, meaning that you had. You know, back in the days when I was working in tech with PeopleSoft and Oracle and SAP and all that kind of stuff, it was like you had this massive scope of work and then they would build this massive monster of a software beast and then they would drop it in the market and go, okay, clients, it's going to cost you lots of money to install and even more money to customize and even more money to renew your licenses every year. Fantastic if you're trying to sell to a bank, really shitty if you're a software company who's got a, you know, a SaaS mm-hmm. product that they want, yeah. that you want to move. 
So, um, but it's about being effective. And the way that you become effective is by understanding that you don't know what the market wants. You don't. If you think that you do, which is what I believe a lot, and having been in that world, so I'm not pointing fingers, I know that world, is that agencies think markets mm. want and what they what helps them move the needle is creativity and there's absolutely a case for that and i'm a big pr- proponent of, of um of creatively led work we're a creatively led agency it, it's something you have to do but where it changes is where you start to talk about this whole idea that the mar- you don't know exactly what the market wants there's not you can't do one execution okay, or one so you idea. accept that yeah that this is more ex- almost exploratory than just telling the market what I think you want. Mm. I'm going to test a whole bunch of different messages. Um, obviously within my, within my brand story and I'm going to see what people respond to. Yeah. So okay. it's not programmatic advertising because mm-hmm. that's what it sounds like, but this, that's oh, no, not, but programmatic yeah, okay. was a mess. Okay. Yeah. And that now with GDPR, that whole thing's fucked. So yeah. good luck to them. But so now you say, well then how, wait, what is the case for software? And it's the same thing because ad, so, so agile software development enables, um, iterative software developments fast. Okay, so it's about dropping in certain things and seeing. Well, is this what the market really wants? The market yeah, because you need users. feedback loops, right? Yeah, it's in the market feedback, so yeah. that you can get people mm-hmm. to respond That's to it. it. Okay, yeah. so you're doing the same thing with marketing. Yeah, exactly. That's why we produce so many executions because we're testing. Saying, well, what story here is actually? In other words, let's talk about the dream and the nightmare. If you're, if you've got a bunch of messaging around pain, you know, well, your server's down again. Well, you know, stop worrying about loss of revenue and move to Azure, you know, pain. Or sell the dream. Imagine you could scale globally across data. Yeah, okay, and you now know, you see like, what people respond to. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because we all wire differently. But now what happens? I mean, because obviously there's an element of, um, I suppose, hubris in all of this. What happens if there's messaging that you think is going to be amazing and then other messaging that you're not completely in love with but you put out anyway? And the one you think is going to be amazing is the one that gets the least response. Do you let it go? Can you do it? Yeah, absolutely. You have to. Okay. So every day, for, let's just say... like. So accept that, okay, that one didn't happen. Well, Move on. This is it. So every day we meet um, at nine in the morning, we look at the data and we go, okay, well, you know, where are the leads coming from and what channel, what okay. messaging, what medium, right? And then we go, cool, that's interesting. Is it repeatable the next day and the day after that? Because then what's the point in spending time... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and absolutely. But I think it's very easy for us to fall in love with messaging that's close to our own heart. So it's hard to walk away from stuff it sometimes, is. isn't it? But that's their problem. <laughs> <laughs> I sell, they I mean, deliver. Okay, okay, <laughs> for sure. But I mean, there is an element to that, right? I mean, yeah, if you, as soon as you start going data, metrics, feedback mm. loops, it becomes less about you and more about how your customers are responding. Well, this is it. See, it's a performance argument. It's not a creative one. Mm. And that's very important to land because in any agile marketing campaign, you've got internal metrics. So what are the activities and, and outputs daily internally within the business? So if you have a scrum, then what exactly are you measuring and what exactly are the outputs and activities as a result of that data on that day? Then externally, you've got two sets. You've got vanity metrics, which are likes, comments, shares, all that kind mm. of stuff, which is what agencies are really good at getting for clients. Okay, winners. But then there's performance. Performance is a different thing because we care less about the vanity and we care more, way more about the performance because we discount our production fee in exchange for an upside on the leads. Also, when okay. we start to put our own skin in the game, what that allows us to do is start to leverage media relationships 
with the likes of IT web or insert tech central or whatever the case is. So we can fundamentally start to innovate in the media space when it comes specifically to lead generation. So I'll give you an example. So towards the back of the studio, you can see that tech bytes thing. Have you seen the content yet? I don't I, think you have. I haven't. Okay. I know I've heard about it. I know it's all part so of it. So TechBytes is a now. content platform specifically for lead generation. So for our campaign, we shot nine videos here and it's all around like, you know, nine steps towards better lead gen, right? We go to, or it could be for a client of ours and it could be about cloud or let's, okay. I can't tell you, but anyway, but, we, but we'll go to, we'll, we'll basically shoot again, a whole bunch yeah? of content. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll sell it to the media Okay. because the the publishers are desperate for content. They are. Not you necessarily, but I'm talking about no, my market. I understand. Okay. Because at the, again, going back to ad-funded business models, mm. there's no future there. Mm. Everything is moving towards performance. Digital Kung Fu is not an agency. We are a purpose-built lead generation company that combines storytelling, branded content, and agile marketing. We are trusted by international brands like Microsoft, First Distribution, Forward Lane New York, and the Microsoft Partner Network. When speed is the new currency of marketing for technology businesses, you need a marketing partner with an agile marketing operating system who's built to take your message and product to market faster and more effectively than your competitors. The result? Agile Marketing gets our clients a steady stream of hot leads in weeks, not months. Digital Kung Fu. It's time to tell your story. If you want to know anything about any business and what will work and what won't work, you have to zoom all the way out and you have to zoom all the way in. If you zoom all the way out, you say, well, what's the market like generally for businesses? Well, it sucks. Okay. Mm. It is competitive. It's cutthroat. It's hyper-competitive. And things are getting more expensive with the consumer that's more and more ambivalent to migrating to anything new because it costs them not just the cost of the product, but also the unquantifiable costs as well. Of change, yeah. Of change, that yeah. sucks, yeah. you know. So it's hard. So then you say, well, where's, where's the opportunity? And then you've got to go in and you say, right, well, where is it? Is it about having a social media presence or is it around helping them grow that business? Talk to me right. a bit more about that, right? Because you're coming all the way down the line. At the end of the day, because you're focusing on lead gen, there has to be a call to action in everything. Because a lot of advertising doesn't have a strong call to action. Or you're, you've got some sort of branded advertising and you're ending up on some qu kind of very generic page, not even a landing page. How much control are you taking over that? And how much are you directing your clients to ensure that, because if you, if you're kind of guaranteeing lead gen, mm -hmm. there has to be that call to action and some sort of follow through. So how much control are you taking there? Because I think for a lot of agencies, it's, well, this is how far we go. Now it's, now it's your yeah. job. It's totally true, that whole dynamic. Because it's like, well, okay, I mean, we had this with a big tech company. But it was like, we produce all the content, but we couldn't distribute it. And mm -hmm. I was like, hang on. But then we can't be held accountable for the performance aspect because we have to own the thing end to end. So then that puts us in a difficult position of being an intermediary, right? Working with existing, pre-existing relationships. We'll say, okay, well, that's fine. But then we need to have custom assets that we own, right? Mm -hmm. We need to own the publishing. You can still push publish, but we'll give you all the content, tell you when exactly to publish that thing um, and work as best we can around that. But again, it's about knowing, well, what's the journey in this conversion process or this performance process that we're trying to enable? And when one understands that, there's very clear touch points that one can measure that we can then be held accountable to. Do you know what I mean? So it still falls into you know, whatever Okay, publishing. so you've got continuous call to actions. You're monitoring them. You're controlling them. And you're, you're holding yourself accountable for them. Absolutely, yeah. You have okay. to. Yeah. But, um, but anyway. You were so so when you don't deliver, 
That's a bit scary. Yeah, well, you know, that's the risk that you take. We we have to deliver. Okay. So that's the other thing. Um, again, a conversation I had last week. They were like, we've never heard of a of a company saying that they're prepared to work com- literally at risk. Yeah. And it's true. You know, it's for years agencies have been trying to work that out and having that discussion with mm. their clients. Just a discussion. Can't have it. They, they they're not. The relationships are not designed to be in that. Do you yeah. think you could have done that a year ago, or has it is it kind of the result of everything that happened last year and really working out how how you work, how you work with other companies, particularly within the tech space? So, have you reached a point now where you've got a much clearer idea of what you do, how you do it, who you're doing it for, mm. that you're comfortable enough to do this? Is it has it been like a kind of progressive growth? It has been. You know, it's been again. You do, you do a lot of soul searching in this whole sort of thing i mean it takes guts basically mm. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because who knows like and if, you, if we have this interview in a week's time and there's no market there that's a problem <laughs> we have completely changed so, what we are doing yeah, no, now we're doing insurance <laughs> <laughs> we spotted a big gap in you the market I mean? <laughs> but uh, but but i don't believe that that's the case um you've done a lot of research in the background as well like i know you had um christopher christopher lockhead i think it is on on your show and and talking about category kings and i mean i've, I've also picked up that this is something that really strikes a chord with you and that you want to be the category king here. Um, was it a case of kind of reading that and, you know, everything you've done in your podcast and in your own business and going, okay, we need to scale and I need to find where I can scale and my category. Yeah. So Chris is a great guy. I spoke to him probably two weeks ago. So he wrote the book Play Bigger, which is all about category design, which is essentially the process of saying, well, how do you sell a problem to a market they don't know that they have yet? Mm. And in the process of doing that, then gobble up up to 85% of the economics in that category. Uber did that. Salesforce did that. Um, and it goes back to IBM in the mainframe. And it's crazy. If you if you are a king, and by the way, there's very it's a term mainly for tech businesses. What we've done here is we've bastardized the principle and brought it into the marketing space. Um, so I told Chris that and he was like, <laughs> he was like, fuck, bravo. Do it. Yeah, yeah go and do yeah. it. Because his second book is called Niche Down, and Niche Down is literally all about having the guts to own a very specific mm. problem. Because, and you know, it's that does take guts. I mean, that's what a lot of yeah, a is. lot of entrepreneurial businesses are too scared to do, right? Yeah, it is. It's um, it's a very, it's a, it's a gut wrenching thing because you don't know. But now, what does it give you if you get it right? So theoretically, you've got this idea, you get it right. If you are the niche player in this market, what do you have that no one else has in terms of you really understand your clients and you can live their pain? They're mm. they're your whole focus. Ownership. Domination, complete domination. Mm-hmm. If you look at um, uh, Uber, for instance, their market cap's like 120 billion, right? Mm-hmm. Their next player is like 15 billion Lyft. Yeah. So, like. So they're just having a different conversation. Right? Airbnb, so you're walking same into thing. clients and you're having a, a conversation of we're the only guys in this space. We understand you. Yeah. These are our customers. Yeah. It's, it's almost, uh, I, don't, I call these things like champagne problems because I'm looking at it going, you must be joking. Like why how, is no, why is no either I'm incredibly arrogant, which I probably am, and it's going to bomb something stupid, or it's going to work really oh, no well. It's going to sleep for but, a few weeks. But, yeah. you know, but but my sense is based on having worked with tech businesses for over a year now in the US and here, it's the same thing. The needs there. You know, walk, yeah. I mean, when I was at the Barclays Techstars Rise program in New York four months ago, maybe something like that, um, and talking to them, it was the same thing. It is like you think that you're unique here, but you're not. And not, not necessarily in the context of a business and product and service offering or value prop, but in the pain. 
The pain is the same. It but, is the same. But once you recognize this and you spot this gap in the market, now you're going to go out and you're going to do these things and you're going to offer these solutions. What's stopping anyone else from, from following you? Does that go back to your kind of your internal culture and operating system? Um, nothing stopping anyone, but all that will do is just reinforce us as the leaders. Okay. So, yeah, this is what Lyft did. It's what happened with Salesforce and Mark Benioff. So when Mark, so basically the Salesforce story I love, right? Because this guy is a category design king. Like whether or not he was using the language is debatable, right? But talking to Chris and him, Chris knowing Mark personally. So Mark's network, net worth is like six and a half billion dollars okay like the guy's minted right so <laughs> so he kind of knows a thing or two but the story with salesforce very simply is this siebel dominated the crm market it was all on-premise it was pretty much like what azure is trying to disrupt uh, in terms of the cloud space mm -hmm. right on-premise server application scaling and stuff like that so uh, it was expensive just like sap it cost you know lots of money to get there and then even more money to install and even more money to operate and run and what have you and so he uh, mark was sitting at oracle it's like oh the internet's here that's interesting and then well what if we could deliver business applications over the internet that was the only question started in an apartment i think it wasn't i don't want to necessarily exactly where it is because i'll probably say it wrong but somewhere in america typical startup story and so they've they founded salesforce and the first thing that they did was that they paid actors okay to go and pick it not, not riots but pick it outside siebel's biggest conference in the united states that's like us pitching up outside like ogilvy with a bunch of paid actors saying no more agencies do you yeah, know what yeah, i'm saying i'm yeah, sure, um, sure. so and okay. so that's what you, I, mean, I mean to do this kind of thing it takes balls and it takes lots of guts you can't be a, you can't be sitting on the fence about it you have to own it completely even if you fail and at that stage siebel was laughing and saying you guys have no idea what you're yeah, talking and they about, were laughing right? at them and saying oh these guys are jokers and by the way even their clients were saying the same thing they're okay. like i'm not moving to see what is a siebel thing but then um, over time, they started to, you know, get a bit more market share. There was the beachhead and they started to scale. And then they, then they did, they had like software burning interventions where people come literally bring software and burn it. So the whole cans. thing was moved to the cloud, right? Basically, With yeah. CRM. But okay. it was all about PR and about understanding the media machine and how to get talkability. Because once you have attention, then you can start to build a business. If you don't have attention, you can't do shit. But also a degree of educating the market, right? I mean, it, no one's yeah. going to move to the cloud unless they understand it either. Absolutely. Okay. But that takes time. So yeah. you have to be funded and you need to know that your processes can, you can, you have to be able to deliver it. I can't say that, oh, we are a lead generation company for tech businesses that can't generate leads. No, like, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? That's so the same saying, thing like, with Mark. It's like, yeah. well, his thing was, well, but you see, his conversation was very easy. It was a financial one. If you're having a brand-led conversation, difficult, because what is a brand? How, how good was that campaign? What did, mm. it, did it make you feel good? Or was it about the number of comments and like, what, what exactly is it? Because mm. you're talking about this and for me, you know, brand love and emotional and like the, an emotional connection, like it's such bullshit, right? If I'm having a financial cons uh, conversation with you as a CEO and saying, listen, I can increase your, your, your leads by 40%. Different story. Okay, so he brought with it down Mark, to a return on investment. Yeah, with Mark yeah. was the same thing. Buddy, I'm going to save you $100 million. Can we talk? Yeah, I'm, I'm all interested, dude. You know why? Because I've got shareholders and I've got to pay dividends. <laughs> okay, but they're not the only cloud players in the market. So what happened? So they, were, they, they, got, they, were first. they were first and they then anyone else came in and reinforced their messaging or what? Exactly. So in fact, that's exactly what Siebel did. It was like 
I think it was a two years later when they started to like, okay, this is, these guys aren't going away <laughs> and we're losing clients. We launched uh, a cloud offering. Uh, yeah, it was a cloud offering. I think it was called Siebel On Demand or something crazy like okay. that. So I mean, but now it's too late. Oh, so Siebel now also has the thing that kind of sounds similar to what Salesforce, uh, like I don't know, I'm just going to okay, go so Salesforce. Okay, so your play is um, we need to get out there. Digital Kung Fu needs to be the go-to in the tech space for agile marketing and the lightning strike and anyone else who then joins the space later is just reinforcing what you've already said was there and well, needed to happen. But, but the theory goes that we'd already own it. Yeah, absolutely. So as long as we continue to deliver, then why would okay. no, no one will move? Cool. You see, but it's all about that principle of like, you know, making sure that the problem that you're marketing isn't one that already exists. Like when we did research, it was like social media agencies and all this stuff. It's like, like you, you know. So lead gen, yeah. bring you down to lead gen and mm. delivering. Mm. I mean, delivery of the kind of stuff you're talking about that takes mm. focus and work and speed, right? And being able yeah. to be agile and make fast decisions. Mm -hmm. okay. But also the size of client matters, right? So again, going back to that whole thing, like banks, we don't want to work with banks because they're too slow. I mean, this is, an, this, is a, this is a real example about making the case for agile marketing. So there was a bank in, I think it was in London, um, and so they wanted to put out a campaign, direct marketing email campaign, totally understand why that would be for an innovative product. So they then wrote the copy, okay, then designed the template, sent that to you know marketing, and marketing then approved it, then they sent that to legal, legal then bumped that back up because they needed to make a change back to the creative um, agency, then back to the marketing team, back to legal. And then by the time that they actually went to market, it was two months later, an yeah. email. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you can't, how are you? So you don't want to play in that space either, right? No. You don't want to work with clients and you know what, where that level me, of bureaucracy. Played enough there last year, had enough okay. conversations and had enough time wasted to know so that. So from your yeah. side, you also found that there were not only um, clients who respond well to your offerings, but you enjoyed working with certain clients more as well. So the tech companies were one that you enjoyed and had fun with and kind of want to help them grow their business and find it just suits your own internal culture. Yeah. So we lost clients last year, but for that exact reason, you know, because uh, you might, there might be clients who are right, but they might not be right for you, you yeah, know, and it's, it's, uh, but it's funny. It's like almost like the, the prerequisite to knowing whether a client is um, good for us is two. One, are you in tech? And two, can you set us up in a day as a vendor? Okay. Because, okay. Because there's lots, and then of we can work together. Then we we we're, we're aligned from an mm -hmm. agile, speed, effective mindset perspective. You'll be surprised how many businesses won't set you up. Okay. Because you're too similar, or you're not different enough, or we have an existing agency. It's crazy. Like, I, I'd love to name drop, but I'm talking about household names here in banking. In in like, it's just crazy. Like, mm. you just can't get set up. It's like, I really want to work with you, but can you work through that person? I'm like, who's that? No, uh, that's a third party. This is also party. why so, many, so much outsourcing, ha outsourcing happens all the time. But then yeah. they're not allowed to make third-party payments, yeah. so then you can't – it becomes an absolute dog okay, show. And that's not the space you want to play no, in. No, it's horrible. No, it's like, uh, sorry, okay. dude. <laughs> cool. <laughs> because then how would you be able to, to move things quickly? Yeah. You know no, what I mean? you if, can't. You, you can't live up to your own value proposition then, no. can you? Mm -mm. Hello, Brad speaking. Uh, hello. Is, is this IT support? Yes, sir. How can I help you? Oh, thank goodness. My computer says I have a runtime error, but I don't understand. I've been killing it on the treadmill at gym. As a technology company, if you are struggling to explain technology to your customers, you need the help of a storytelling production company. Get to market quickly, effectively, 
and affordably using a lightning strike campaign designed specifically for tech businesses. Digital Kung Fu. It's time to tell your story. Okay, unleash the lightning. Today's this is quote of the day. Quote of the day. Unleash the lightning. What does that mean, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> it means unleash your inner lightning and your in, true in, potential. In real life, what does that mean? No, it means uh, it means unleash. I don't know what it means actually. <laughs> okay, well, this is today's quote. <laughs> I was just today- told to write it down. <laughs> this is today's quote. I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help you here with your with your daily okay, quote. Okay, well, look. You today, it. today you launched, right? You launched. Oh, that's you what launched, I mean. You launched the lightning strike. <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> No. I feel like I was set up here to fail. <laughs> You're a great interviewer. You're doing a great job. No, but what is I, the lightning strike? You actually haven't told me yet. I haven't I? No. Okay. So there's a lot of why. What's the what? Yeah, exactly. Well, your lightning is your best, basically. Okay. Um, but in the context of what uh, our clients need, it's essentially a term used to a packaged offering. So again, it's about Packaging creates differentiation. So you can within if you have two you have two businesses selling similar things, you put one packages it, labels it as something else, it feels different, you'll win. Whereas the other company's going, hey, but what about me? Um, and so the lightning strike is literally our packaged content offering that is designed specifically for tech businesses to help generate leads. Okay. Second to that is to build their brand and to tell their story. That's so it's a very it specific package that they can take. What's the rollout? A month, two months, three months? Seven days. Seven days. Okay. Yeah, so but, but I presume the campaign is in the market longer than that? Uh, yeah. So it goes from three months or six weeks. Okay. Yeah. But from conception to market, seven days. Yeah, basically, because we only need to know what that story is. So that's a 30-minute coffee. Sometimes it's an hour, but there's nothing else after that. Because the whole point is you need to get into the market and start testing and iterating. That's it. Okay. So um, going back to the agency example with the fake agency names or whatever, like that would be for speed. So we'll have a whole execution for speed. And then the next route will be for storytelling. And the next one might be for agile. And the next one might be for talking tech. And so we're testing numerous executions on numerous platforms, on numerous mediums, looking at the data and then saying, okay, which one is actually moving the needle? Okay, so it's less important. I mean, obviously, you need to understand a brand story and, and, and the pain customers are feeling and what your client needs to get out there. But that original initial message, you don't need to spend three months getting right because the whole point is get it into the market and let's fill this out. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Because that's the disconnect, right? That's the tension. It's like we our technology is, is ready Mm. You know, come marketing, what are you doing? And then marketing's no, no, we're dealing with an agency. But no, but if you send them the brief, yeah, but they've asked, they want more data. It's like, dude, all we want to know is what the story is because and how your product transforms the customer. In your experience, I mean, are customers okay with that? Are they okay kind of putting your, their brand in your hands and their story in your hands? Well, they have to be. Okay. I mean, that's the, that's what a client, a traditional client agency relationship would look like, right? Um, so but without a brief, I mean, without you're doing this without a brief. Yeah, but you see, the client's part of that story. So okay. when they're going, oh, but you know, it's about, so take Ford Lane, for instance. So they said to us, you know, we did this research initiative with this massive bank, can't tell you it is. Um, but they, um, they told us that, as a result of using our AI product for wealth management, um, they saved on average 32 hours a month in daily workflow. Mm. That's exactly what it says in, in, as a result of that story sprint. Now, we said, well, that's interesting. What if you take 32 hours a month times 12? That's 16 days a year. The average American only gets 11 days a year. So then creatively, the route's very easy. Well, it's what would you do with an additional 16 days a year? 
It's very easy. Okay, so this, then, is, this is you, you guys, almost like fine-tuning and playing with that story based on the information and the data they gave you. Absolutely. Okay. Another one might be… And then be, testing it in the market. That's it. And getting so with into, that specific no. story frame, were there, were there messages that kind of the market didn't really respond to and other messages that they really did? And did you kind of funnel through like that? Um, yes. Well, you always find that one works better than the other. You probably, cause we always go with three ABC split testing, I suppose. Okay. And then we'll look for two and then we'll flesh out and find performance opportunities within specific platforms and mediums. And then some would be paid for. Look, I mean, we're talking about packaging different lead magnets. So for our campaign here, we've got, um, inside B2B lead generation 2019, which is a white paper. Then we've got Tech Bytes, which is a nine part video mini series that, you know, uh, mm. that anyone can apply in any business to help generate more leads. Um, and then, you know, and so you have all these different lead magnets. So, and, and, have, and those will appeal to different people, right? So the same person who's a, watching Tech Bytes isn't necessarily the same people who's downloading the white paper. And it. then you test in the market what, what is and yeah. isn't gaining traction. Okay. So then they had the power of time, which was that one. And then there was one all about the power of AI. So again, in their story brand, it was, well, AI is a bad thing for financial consultants because they're threatened by it. So if you say we have an AI product, what is, how does it make them feel? So our job was to address that perce perception and create a new idea that actually AI is a good thing for financial But I mean, you're literally talking about something here that would have come out in a five-minute meeting, right? Well, exactly. Okay. So why must you write a seven-page brief and pick your yeah. channels and that? You don't know. That's, I mean, I that's again, that's another thing. It's like you're paying a creative company to do that for you because you don't have the time. Mm. You know, and, and it's not what you actually – Good at yeah, yeah 100%. I mean it's crazy. Yeah, cool. Well, unleash the lightning, right? Uh huh. Do you want to fire away some more questions? Go anything. I, Rapid I, fire. I literally don't know what else to ask you. I feel like I'm inside your business. I feel like oh, yeah. I understand what's happening with agile. Yeah, I'm with the literally inside strike. my business. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you with tech clients? I think for me the most interesting thing, and we have covered this, is just a lot of companies, even though they know they need to pivot and niche, just can't pull that trigger. So the fact that you've been able to do that and, and you're now going to obviously run with it. And I would presume because you are an agile company, you don't have all the answers yet. You're still going to be fine tuning this, but that's okay because that's what's part of it. So what are your expectations around that? Um, to embrace the fact that we don't know what we don't know um, and to embrace failing forward fast. So, you know, it's a, that's the, that's the business thing on, um, on the entrepreneur side for entrepreneurs out there, it's like, I would say niche down now. Mm. Like you don't need to be every, it's the biggest lie because you think that you need to be everything to everyone in order to make money, but that's bullshit. In today's world, the market is big enough in most markets. I mean, you could sell Smurfs for God's sake and, and become the biggest Smurf distributor in Africa. And there's a market big enough for that. So you're all good. Yeah. But if you as don't know you that your market Smurfs, yeah. I mean, how do you know to communicate? Now you're talking about Smurfs, but you're also t selling My Little Ponies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't no different things. No one knows who things. you are and what your speciality and is. I and I don't get it. Yeah. And that's what Chris Lockie said in his book about with Niche Down, which is like, this is the truth. I mean, he was telling me some of these crazy stories about there was this one um, like hamburger uh, place out in America. I'm probably bastardizing the story. <laughs> But it's like they, they only sold hamburgers with a very specific type of ingredient. It was crazy. It's a hamburger. But they've, they've now opened up eight stores in, in New York. 
because they simply just went because they're things. so special but you can apply yeah. the same thing in your career yeah. earn something that's very unique and very small you know like ai no ai for what in what context you know so i mean you've spoken about this before this um you can be similar or you can be different right and and i mean that sounds so simple and obviously everyone's like oh we're different because i think i don't think there's a company on the planet that says they're not different what does it mean to you like in real life on the ground how do you be different it's very easy to say. It's not easy to be. No, it's not. It's also not an easy thing to do and to be yeah. comfortable with because people, you know, it's this, it's this conditioning thing where you feel like, oh, well, I must fit in to be liked mm. because the thing is you spend your whole life trying to fit in and then you spend, I'll say your whole life, you're the beginning part of your life trying to fit in, the rest of your life trying to stand out, you know. So how do you be different, Matt? <laughs> I don't know. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm selling difference. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know. Look, I, I think. I mean, you've obviously had to focus on what makes us different. You have to, you have to be you have able to, to sit, articulate what it is, yeah, right? Yeah, I, you have to, like, okay. So, what we say is we, we won't do anything for a client unless we can own it for them. Okay. Um, you have to own it because it's something that's unique to you. It's like you have a unique, like you've interviewed 400 entrepreneurs. Damn, why don't you have a podcast? You know what I mean? You have the biggest show in Africa by a mile. Um, but, but that would be unique to you is interviewing people. That's mm. your skill. You can build a skill, ju- uh, like a business, like my project, just by Nadine Todd on a podcast tomorrow. You can build a business because you're bloody good at interviewing. But how would I monetize it, Matt? Well, you can work that out. <laughs> but that's that's what I tomorrow's say. problem. Yeah, yeah, it's tomorrow's <laughs> problem. You have, to, you have to just start to say that I'm going to niche down today. Okay. You know, it's like there's a, um, there's a, like a, it's like a, a hair salon type thing, but you don't go and get your hair cut there. It's just blow dry. So in New York, you go there and. Which people would be really scared of doing, right? But it's like, just blow. I can't be that specific. Like, I know. But everywhere around the world, it works. Mm. Everywhere. Um, you know, there's so many examples, but like, I know on time, but my point is like, if you niche down, you will win because the thing for me, it's like when you niche down, you really understand what you need to say. Apple's one of the first examples of this, right? How many products did Steve Jobs get rid of when he arrived back? Do you know the stats? I think there were 3,000 different Apple products. And they went down to like, okay, I'm exaggerating yeah. here, four or something. But no, it, was, but it, but it, was it really was a handful. Yeah. He was like, nope, we're not doing that. We're not doing yeah. that. We're not doing that. And that was it. Because the thing is you get two types of CEOs. You get, um, you get market makers, which is Steve Jobs. Okay. And then you get market harvesters. And that was Steve Bulmo who, uh, sorry, Microsoft and Bill Gates, he was also a market, market okay. maker, but then Steve Bulmer, like, you know, what did he do? Microsoft floundered for yeah. 10 years because they weren't owning anything. They were trying to be all things to all people. When they pivoted and decided they're going to become a service, service-led business, in other words, Azure, and Suddenly a whole different, different, story. different story. We now own that yeah. thing. We own IT services, and that's okay. their thing. Yeah. And that's where digital kung fu is going. <laughs> Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, the confidence. We're, I feel uh, like the confidence is right of a little bit now. Dean Todd, people. <laughs> well, Matt, thank you. I'm really looking forward to catching up again in another six months and seeing where you've taken digital kung fu. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for being here. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. 
This edition of the Map Round Show is brought to you by NetworkSpace.co.za. In fact, our studios are here in building number four at Network Space up in Johannesburg. These guys have made us a huge deal, have really bent over backwards to give us the kind of service that most exciting businesses deserve. If you want more information about Network Space, you can actually come and check out our studio. We are always open to meet new entrepreneurs and business owners from around the country, and you can do that right Right here at NetworkSpace.coza. Thanks for checking out the Map Round Show, guys. And if you'd like to get the Kung Fu put in your ninja, check out digitalkungfu.co.za. Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.